Hello, welcome back to the Burning Eye podcast. My name is Bridget Hart. I'm your host and editor at Burning Eye Books, the UK's leading publisher in spoken word and performance poetry. On today's episode, I am joined by the brilliant Desiree, who has just re-released her original pamphlet, I Find My Strength in Simple Things. It is an exploration of growth, chaos and relationships. In homage to Desiree's spoken word performances, a majority of the poems are paired with QR codes, which link to films of performances that have made her career so far. I Find My Strength in Simple Things will have you laughing and crying as you are reminded of the human experience is a messy one. Joelle Taylor says, The visceral energy of live performance is transmuted to the page in this powerful pamphlet from Desiree. The language is angled and insistent, a metronome of resistance in every piece. And throughout, there are sudden moments of poetry, like riptides that threaten much larger questions. And don't forget that you can get I Find My Strength in Simple Things and all of our new 2021 titles from our web store, burningeye.co.uk. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, hello. Hello, Desiree. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so nice to have you. How are you doing Thanks. today? I'm doing all right. Busy. Busy, but that's good. It's got to be good. We're yeah. poets, so the busier the better, I suppose. Yeah, it's encouraging to hear that you're busy after, you know, pandemic being what it was and is yeah. still, I say was, but it's still going on. Definitely yeah. still. but yeah nice to be nice to be busy yeah it is it's it is I think it's a bit of a like a really dramatic shift um but still I'm very grateful so don't take it away from me uh (laughs) but I am yeah very grateful that I'm busy and it's fun I'm being booked for actual gigs like IRL Oh my god, um, physical. Yeah. Physical. Physical. <laughs> be able to like taste the sweat on people's brows. Yeah, there's gonna be like four people in the audience as per usual. Yeah. And it's gonna be lovely. <laughs> That's it, isn't it? We just can't get wait can't wait to get back out into the world for our ten minutes on a stage with four people, <laughs> including your mum. <laughs> Who's really proud. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. Absolutely. I've been waiting for this all year. <laughs> We're, we've uh, been chatting about doing book promo and stuff for you. Obviously, your book came out last week. Um, how does that feel to have a published book? So I, I don't know if you saw that there was a video of me opening it. Um, I did see the video. I love the videos that people do. <laughs> I'm always like, oh, yeah, if you could just do like a video of you like unveiling the box, just because I really like to see it. And Bethany Rose did hers, um, but it was mostly like her opening the box, not being able to get to the books because her cat got in the box before <laughs> she could get to the book. And that was, that was pretty great. But yours was so sweet. Like, I love to see the excitement on people's faces, especially first-time writers were getting their bulk of books for the first time. It was really nice to see. It was incredible. Like, I didn't think I was going to be, like, like, obviously because I'm, like with it's months leading up to this like I know exactly what it's going to look like I know what's going to happen inside it I wrote the poems um it like it none of it is an actual surprise but then like they were there <laughs> I was like oh my god I, I did a whole thing like I, I did this thing and now it's like here and then um 
yeah, it was just like, what, like also before, so we went to pick them up because I wasn't in, um, which is, low. Well, I'm always in, but um, <laughs> this one, one time, time <laughs> I wasn't in, um, and they came in like two separate boxes, um, two or three separate boxes, I can't remember, and there was um, a really, you know, like when you get a, a book from uh, Amazon and it comes like just in that like almost like a sleevey kind of thing yeah um like he like the man behind the 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 counter just passed me this one thing and I was like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) and then then I was like walking out with it like wildly underwhelmed thinking that I was like gonna have a box of books (laughs) and then we were walking like down the road and uh, my girlfriend says to me I actually don't think that this is enough. And I look at the box and it says like, there's like 14 books in there. And I was like, no, there's another box. <laughs> so like, I ran back and then I was carrying this huge box of books like back to my house. And I was like, this is like, this is the, this is what I was waiting for. Like, this is the, the feeling. So yeah. And then I had to do a workshop. <laughs> so I couldn't even <laughs> open them then. Um, and I'm just like doing in this hour and a half workshop, like feet itching, like to go downstairs and open these books. And then, so I suppose what you saw was like a, a culmination of me being very excited that, that I didn't have more than 14 books and that I also had to wait an hour and a half to open them from having them in my hand. Oh my God, the suspense. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm a very impatient person. <laughs> yeah, well done for like maintaining it through that workshop I would have been like hi everyone here's your first exercise I'm just gonna go off and do a thing (laughs) (laughs) but I also do you know what it was as well it's like if I had left to do it in the middle of the workshop I would have come back completely distracted like I'd have been like so giddy and been like beside myself like I was already beside myself like wandering (laughs) home with now what was then like more than 14 books which I thought was originally so (laughs) Yeah, a bit of a false, false sense of uh, self then, like, oh, it's only 14 books. But then you get <laughs> the big book home as well, and the little one, just like in comparison, you're like, oh, okay. Exactly, exactly. Um, so the book is, um, some of our listeners might know, is a new edition of your self-published um, pamphlet, I Find My Strength in Simple Things. Um, can you tell us a little bit about why you decided to republish it um because i i think i've learned a lot and like while the poems are like a lot of them are quite similar or the same i feel like in terms of how um i presented it the first time i felt like there was there was there was so much space for me to be able to like um improve um and also like these are poems that like sadly in some cases um and annoyingly in others like they still feel very relevant um maybe sometimes not maybe to to me in its entirety but like to aspects of me or, or to like um parts of who I I am who I was so it, was, it didn't feel so like I think there was at the beginning of the process I was very much like oh god these are like old poems but by the end of it it was like I don't know you don't stop loving your children once they get older I'm told <laughs> so I feel I feel like it's kind of like that yeah that's a nice way to put it I think as well that thing of like 
you know, I think there's plenty of us out there that would love to redo their first book. I mean, mm. you know, we all do. We never stop tinkering with it. That's the thing. Mm. But I think this re-edition that we've done is a really nice balance of, um, yeah, that retrospectiveness um, with also carrying the, the weight of the poems and, like you say, the fact that so much of the climate hasn't changed and these poems are sadly still relevant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's as well, like, I've, I've been reflecting almost as well on, like, why I even published the first collection, because now, like, having, like, I'm, I, I'm not saying, I don't know everything. I don't think there is a way to know everything, but, like, um, now with this, like, little bit more knowledge that I have, um, it was like, how do I do, I know how to do a line break and why did I do the, the work like this before and why did I even think like two years into like doing spoken word that I could release a whole pamphlet but um, I remembered like I, what I wanted was my grandparents to see what I did like they didn't really understand it my, yeah I'm not entirely sure my parents do to be honest, but, <laughs> but they didn't really understand it and having this like tangible thing where they could see what I was doing um and it makes even just a fraction more sense to them was why that collection existed yeah um and my granddad well since then I've lost like my granddad passed away um earlier this year and my nan passed away in 2017 since then 18 maybe I don't know who even knows years anymore but um <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> but since then like it's, it's like I feel, I feel like it's become like abundantly clear like they got to hold it like and they kind of understood a little bit more about what I did so that's the reason really yeah and I think that's a perfectly valid reason we've published people really early on in their careers and things and you know when I started out I was doing zines and stuff like that and I think that putting a collection together or you know a pamphlet or a full collection is a project in itself you know it's it's mm -hmm. it, it's uh, demands your time and focus and attention um and i really believe that the more you work at putting poems in a you know some kind of some kind of order or thinking about them more consciously in terms of maybe a collection i think you get to understand your poems a lot more and, and who you are within that sort of mm -hmm. thing of poems i recently worked with a mentor who i sent a bunch of poems to and as like, i have no idea what's going on they're just a bunch of stuff she came back and she was like here are some like definite themes in here that I just didn't even pick up on you know um but being able to sit with with your poems and be critical of them and to edit them and to bring them into the into the now that's something that you've you've done from that self-published into this new edition of the book which is beautiful and also you know being spoken word a spoken word artist as well you know you're often doing poems that are four or five years old still because they're crowd pleasers yeah you know, I people still want to buy them and they still want to you know it, um, absorb it I had this thing when I first started um where I didn't like obviously I was in a new spoken word artist because who who can even but um when I first started I refused to like I would not refuse but like I would just not want to do the same poem again so I was like churning out content because like I was like I'm, I, anytime I go to an open mic I want to do new poems or I want to do at least like half my set be new 
well not set but because I was doing open mics but like I want everything to be new yeah um and I remember once um Shady said to me um but what about the classics like imagine going to like your favorite artist gig and they don't play the song that you like so I was like ah yeah that's it yeah that is yeah. it so now I feel it. Like, they really do yeah and I feel like a lot more comfortable nowadays like doing um stuff that I would consider old for want of a better word but also I think as artists we have that whole um innate thing anyway like why am I riding more I need to be riding more so it's just like battling all the demons really <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I get that yeah and I guess it was like holding a, a mirror up to yourself a little bit by looking at those poems again and going okay what we're gonna do and um I think that's very common for a lot of poets who publish books for the first time and some of them you know in, in definitive collections and they're like oh god I've been forced to sit there and look at how I've progressed as an artist <laughs> and uh and stuff and you know lots of people want that opportunity to be able to polish up up that work um and i think you've done that really well with um the pamphlet um and also you've added an extra layer to that by adding qr codes to some of the poems in this that take you to performances of the videos as well yeah so um charlie um from word up he kind of i suppose like championed this like um in the so there's like a word up volume one where everybody who'd ever performed was able to like submit the poem that they performed to this collection <coughs> and i thought it was just like a great way for like spoken word artists to be like less scared of the page i think i found like probably up until <laughs> two years ago i was like very scared of the page um and the QR codes kind of create um, like uh, almost like a, like a footbridge between, for me anyway, between like spoken word and my poems being on a page. Um, and that was the reason I did it. And then the other day, so my nan, bless her, um, I wanted my grandparents to have my, my living grandparents to have my, the first copies of my collection. So when I went and gave it to her, she was like, why didn't you give this to me when I could see? <laughs> <laughs> because she's, well, she's technically blind. And, um, <laughs> and I was like, that is actually the best response I've ever had to anything. Um, but my auntie went round and she was like, oh, there's QR codes and scan them. And now my nan knows how to scan the codes. So she'll listen to them while she's in bed. Oh, I never cool. thought about it like that. I never thought about like, I thought about it as for me <laughs> in terms of like almost like a safety in terms of like a security blanket um but also it's like wildly accessible now for for people that don't necessarily want to read something or um can't really see I suppose yeah yeah for people that aren't able to as well and if that adds that performance element to the to the book you know we talk about mm. having your live version and then your album version which is your written published version and obviously your live version is always a bit different because it has like different pauses or, or whatever in it but being able to offer both to people in a book um is a really beautiful way of of like um 
I want to say marriaging, but that's not the word I'm looking for. <laughs> but I'm going to go with it. Marriaging poetry <laughs> performance and the page really well. And that's something that obviously Burning Eye aimed to do with, with the, the poets that we publish. You know, that's what, that's what we do. And um, yeah, so I just think it's a really nice touch. And we've had a couple of people put in the QR codes as well um, as we're going along. And I think that's, it's always important to be mindful of accessibility and things like that. Mm. Um, and you, you know, in the last year as well, we've seen such a revolution of being able to, of using the digital space as well as a performance space. Yeah. Um, and how that has affected spoken word artists and what they're doing. And have you had? How has it been for you, like the last year, in terms of not being able to physically do um, gigs and performances? Um, I think it's been like emotion like emotionally like in terms of like my mental health that's in the bin but <laughs> like in terms of like the way like completely revolutionizing the way I work um it's been so interesting it's been um I've had the like absolute pleasure to um work with um Rachel Long um and Anthony and Oxguru for a bit um on some poems and some like basically another kind of like collection of poems um and it's really having the time to just like sit and be has really um changed um a, and the way that I work the way that I write which is something that I only really realized today because I've been like oh god I'm just doing too much and like oh like how am I going to get this done or how am I going to get that done? But it's like actually like sitting back and being like, actually this year has been so intense. And the fact that like we made it out is just, well, not out because we're not out, but like, we made it through in and of itself is an accomplishment. Yeah. Um, and it's like sometimes just as much as being hard on yourself is sometimes productive. Like actually, clapping for yourself is also wildly productive um not being able to perform meant that I had to kind of scratch that itch in other ways um so I managed to work on my play um I did a lot of online stuff I sharpened um up like wildly because I've been running workshops like the entire time so I'm like sharpening up on my facilitation um working with companies and working with people that I like I wouldn't have necessarily had the time to before or or even like the inclination um I think meant that I've performed in very different ways if that makes sense I don't know if that makes sense yeah, no, it sounds like you've taken like an all-round approach, really, in terms of like not being able to do physical events. So you're like, okay, well, what can I do? What other aspects of being a mm. spoken word artist can I, can I utilise here and, and get better at in terms of, you know, facilitating and writing and, and that um, avenue of it? Because that's part of the job, isn't it? You know, so many spoken word artists, performance poets, were also promoters and yeah. playwrights <laughs> and journalists and we also yeah. do you know and we also dj at the pub once a week and you know, yeah, exactly. you know we've, we've all got these extra parts of ourselves that i think have yeah really brought into focus in the last year and 
you know, I'm really excited to see what's going to come out in terms of, you know, the, the new poetry that's coming out and being able to see people again and see what they've been working on. And I really hope it's not like 45 minutes of open mic lockdown poetry. I really hope, <laughs> I really hope it's not that. But I mean, if it is, come, come out from a good angle, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be people's diary entries from March 2020. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> no, not at all. I lived it, I was there. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants banana bread. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> just have to do like a lockdown bingo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. Yeah. Okay. Good. Oh, so you're doing, so you said you mentioned that you've got some um, physical gigs coming up. Like, when's you, uh, when's your, you've got a book launch that's happening, like a physical, real life book launch? Um, well, that's been postponed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Devastated to hear that. I'm like so excited about finally talking to someone in the last year that's having a physical book launch. <laughs> no, no, that's it. I will be having a, book, a physical book launch. But um, the idea of us just being allowed in a space with each other means that I don't want to kind of like um have to cut corners on it so like I mean by yeah. cut corners I kind of more so mean like I don't want to have like 10 people in a room rather than having maybe 15 or 20 <laughs> Do you know what I mean? yeah 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 um my family in and of itself is probably the 10 so <laughs> it would just be like hanging out with my family and who wants to do that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know <laughs> either you've had enough of your family or you're like desperate to see them it's sort of one of the other at the moment yeah that's true <laughs> that is actually very true yeah but I mean it's exciting to think that we will be kind of getting back to that that sort of physical space again and being able to do the poems from the book and share yeah. the book with people I think that's such a big part of it is is the is the book launch it's, it's like a you know yeah. it's a similar feeling of when you when your books arrive and you open the box and you know there's a it's it's quite emotional there's a sense of achievement there you know it's a yeah. marking of something important um and we're going to be doing a digital launch yeah digital launch on the 1st of june um so on early, zoom, yeah um which is going to be really exciting um we sort of cooked it up didn't we a little bit we were like oh, yeah we did we were like what else can we do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know maybe a zoom oh god yeah how refreshing <laughs> Yeah, yeah it'll um, be good. And you've got um, you've got some guests as well. I do have some guests. Um, yeah. What's really, what I'm really trying to do with this one, um, and hopefully it will run over into the one in real life because I am going to do. I feel like even even though like it came out in May, um, I feel like doing one in general will just be nice in terms of like having people in a space performing poetry. Um, I think that would be lovely. So that's going to happen at some point. Um, so what I want to do with both of them is my first when I launched well, the um, my first the first edition of this. I the special guests were all people that um, helped me create poems, helped me create like who I am, helped me create like my poetry. Yeah, and gave me opportunities. Um, gave me so many opportunities and this one I want it to be people who through this last through the like the, the last few years but specifically like this last year 
I've been able to give opportunities to because of um, like facilitation, all of like working with loads of different companies um, in terms of like creating workshops and stuff and young people. Um, and I think that that would be, it almost be like a full circle. And I think that's kind of like the point of this pamphlet in, in general is like, this is where we find our strength, right? Like in spaces, in community, in finding community. Um, yeah. And I want them both to be a reflection of that. Yeah, that sounds really great. Yeah, and I, I like that full circle. I also thing. have some real life gigs as well. Real life gigs. Yeah. Um, what, where's I'm, your first real life gig? Um, it is in Harrow in London. Is it in London? Well, yeah, it's technically London. I yeah, think. sort of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, it's an outdoor spoken word night, which sounds like considering how the weather's been the last few weeks, wild. <laughs> but we it is May, so let's let's hope it like at the end of May it becomes actually May. And that's on um Saturday the twenty ninth of May. Um and uh people can sign up as well. There's a sign up, there's another mic night, so yeah. yeah, so that's happening. And then I've got another one on the 9th of June, that one's in Leeds, actually. Oh, Leeds. amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's the one that you're doing with um, 1990s Chris and Liv Winter. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. that looks like a great gig. Yeah, that's going to be so much fun. Um, the music's done by, um, we're all like working to a soundtrack by um, this DJ called Shauna, who lives in Leeds. And the sounds that she has sent us is incredible. Awesome. And that's in, a physical event. Yeah, that's physical. That's IRL. That's where we're all going to be in a space. We just have to get a bummer lift up to Leeds <laughs> <laughs> for that. That sounds so exciting. I think I'm just going to go mad the first time I go to something. I'm just going to be like, ah, I, <laughs> I'm, at the I'm mouth of excitement. <laughs> I'm going to go either one or two ways. I'm going to be like, oh my God, this is incredible. I'm going to be like, Oh my god! I've not seen people this many people in such a long time. I'm going crazy. I need to go home. Yeah. and then you're like, I've got to do poems though. But I always find like, you know, it doesn't matter what mood you're in. Where like the moment you start speaking on stage, performing on stage, something else like takes over, and then it's just like everything else melts away a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah, it is that. It's yeah. You almost feel sometimes it feels otherworldly. Yeah. I'm actually not here. And you can't say, and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Did I do that? Was I just up there? What is happening? And it's not until you're like in bed later when you remember everything and you're like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I always found like the walk home from a night, like not the walk home, but like where I used to live anyway, the train station was probably about like a 10 minute walk from to my house. And just like that walk feeling, everything feeling really surreal. Like, I just was in this space with, like, loads of people and, like, we're poets, so, like, we basically feed off the idea of people liking us. Um, <laughs> so, like, people are clapping and all this stuff. Now I'm just, just going to go home to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a weird feeling to leave a poetry gig on your own and then go home and, like, oh, you're just such a sponge at the time, aren't you? Just yeah, prickling with all of the new things that you've just learned or heard or yeah. what you've said or done, and that's cringy. <laughs> <laughs> all of like everybody's like energy. Well, I was just like, oh my god! Like, I used to when I was working full time. Um, what like when I did um, 
the Hammer and Tongue Slam in whenever that was, 2017? I don't know. I, don't, I keep saying 2017, but maybe that's just where my brain <laughs> the last time. The last was. year I remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's just it. Yeah. But um, when I did the Hammer and Tongue um, Slam, the final was on the Sunday. And then the next day I had to just go into work. <laughs> it was just such a weird, weird feeling. And everyone was like, how was your weekend? And I was like, yeah, I mean, it was fine. Yeah, and you're like, inside, you're like, it was magical. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was okay. And it was like, no, what? Just like, I just performed at the Royal Albert Hall and came second in a national slam. But no, it was fine. Oh, mate. <laughs> just downplaying it every time. Every time. <laughs> Not even down, like, also, because, you know, like, I don't know if you have this, but people outside of poetry don't really get it. No, they don't. Like, they understand no. poetry. They just don't really like understand how it can be such a like, how it can take over your entire life. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like just emotional state sometimes as well. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what? You're like, oh, I just don't get it. I've like the <laughs> amount of partners I've taken to like poetry nights, and I've been like, oh yeah, wasn't that good? And they're like, yeah, what? Sorry, I was. What? Drawing, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, you haven't seen this? <laughs> uh, yeah, hello, did you not hear what I just heard? And they're like, yeah, but I probably didn't hear it in the way that you heard it. <laughs> like, yes, this is very true. Uh, yeah, it, it is a weird thing because it, in one way it is very insular, but at the same time, all of us are trying to scream to the outside. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird Dream. vibe, yeah. But apart from page poets who are just like, no, 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 this is what we're doing and we don't care if you like it. <laughs> we're not here for, to, for popular demand. We're here for, you know, esteem. Ourselves. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. What a joke. Yeah. So we were like, um, I'm going to ask you in a moment if you would like to, to do a poem from the book for us. But before I, before I get you to do that, I was uh, going to ask you a question that I have decided to ask everyone on the podcast this year. Which is, um, if you could be entertained by one spoken word artist for the rest of your life, who would it be? UK or abroad? It doesn't matter. Any, anyone. Denise Smith. Nice. That was, that was, that was, you didn't give me any time to think about that though, so. No, that was, <laughs> that was good. That was good. Like, uh, you know, you could have really agonised over that, but you were like, no, Denise Smith. Any reason? I think the way they just, how everything is like beautiful, both on page and um, in person is incredible. Um, They make me feel things that I didn't know that I felt um, and very on purpose and very calculated. yeah, but not like as well. Uh, not, I, I can think of like a hundred more, so I don't really like. <laughs> no, that's it. You've said Danelle Smith. That is it. They are your choice. You have spoken. <laughs> and it's a great choice. Danelle Smith is um, an amazing poet. I haven't seen them live, but I know that feeling of like a poet that comes along that you feel things, that they stir you up on stage mm. as well as the page. Those poets, you're like, yes, yeah, special, keeping those close yeah. to my heart. So, yeah, good choice. Thanks. That was hard. <laughs> <laughs> but without hesitation, though, I think you did really well. That, that was a, a warrior moment there. Yeah, but I'm one of those, like, sometimes I have to just kind of, if I, ha- if I think about it any longer, then I'm, it's not going to 
I'm not going to make a decision. So I have to kind of jump in with both feet yeah. and land on my head. Or <laughs> <laughs> you've, <laughs> or you've landed jump. on both feet and you've pirouetted with that one. Thank okay. you. So, Thank you. Uh, what poem are you going to read for us? Um, I'm going to read Lost Boys. I'm just going to go. Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. You will look up to men who don't even look up to see the sky. Fathers, boys who wanted to be men way before their time, they act like trees. Parts of them leaf, dropping apples way before they arrive. Here's to helping you roll free. Because every time your mother tells you you're just like your dad, she's affirming her own self-fulfilling prophecy. Trying to raise you in the image of something she herself has never seen. Chalk outlines for the spaces where your role models should have been. I hope you learn to colour within the lines. I hope you learn that a real man can never easily be defined. I hope at the very least he's taught you money will never replace time. I hope you'll be fine. We make men of lost boys and still expect them to show us the way. Put the crowns of kings on the heads of princes and hope they'll grow into them one day. We love them but we do not teach them how to love themselves. To be a man doesn't mean you can't ask for help. You're not defined by how much you can wrench press or how many people you can undress or the bottles you use in the club to impress. You are defined by your brain, by what you say. Being a man is what you can give, not just what you can take. And I know that doesn't seem true because that's not what the men around you do, but how you give love, well, that is the most accurate representation of you. So when you grow up, Go upwards and don't let your feet touch the ground. Yeah, you might be lost now, but everything lost one day will be found. Thank you. Woo! Clap. That's <laughs> real clapping, people. Real <laughs> organic clapping. Oh my God, I'm Saturday too. Thank you so much for um, sharing that. That's a particular favorite of mine from the pamphlet. I really love the pamphlet as a whole. I think uh, it says so much to so many people that are often unheard or unseen. Um, and I think it's, as Joelle says, a really important part of um, the spoken word narrative that we have. So congratulations. Well Thank done. You. Thank you. I got a book. I know, it's crazy, right? Mama, I, I got a book. <laughs> and we'll see you on the 1st of June for your digital book launch. Yes. Um, Yes. Plus special guests, um, which will all be posted and everything. You can get tickets online. Tickets range from zero pounds to no, that's not what I meant. To free from free <laughs> to fifteen pounds. Um, uh, so um, visit the event site um, page for all of the details, um, and we'll see you then. It's been lovely. Okay. Thanks for chatting today, Desiree. Thanks for really having nice. me. Lots of love.